Welcome to the Real Deal Fishing Podcast. I'm Kevin. And I'm Mike. No, uh-uh, no, I'm Mike. Okay, I'll, I'll be what? Miguel. What? What's yeah. Going <laughs> What's going on, y'all? <laughs> well, for those of you who are listening that uh, are wondering why we have two different voices for Mike, we have two mics on the show. We have our awesome, my awesome co-host and uh, podcast extraordinaire, Miguel Murillo. And then we have a special guest with us tonight, Mr. Mike Epperson, fishing with Big Mike. Big Mike, how you doing tonight, man? Doing good. How y'all doing? Hey, man, we're we're living and we're about to talk about fishing. Huh? I'm good. How about you, Miguel? Well, I've cleaned all the coffee I spilled off of myself as about <laughs> as good as I could do there since I did that three minutes before bingo here. So, we can't have that, nice things. I know. I know. <laughs> well, I just want to start off by saying... Uh, Thank you to everybody for listening, and thank you for our Boom Squad members. Uh, if you're on the Boom Squad, you can come in and listen live and watch live as we record this podcast. Those of you who are listening on Spotify or other podcast streaming apps, we thank you as well. If you'd like to support the Real Deal Fishing uh, podcast, please go over to our website, shoppalmettocatset.com. At Gmail. No, wait, that's my email. <laughs> Shop Palmetto. You know, Mike, I, Mike, I haven't got this right in like three weeks. I've been tripping up. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of hurting my confidence level because Miguel over here laughs every time I do it. <laughs> I know it's out of love. Shop I always thought, I always thought <laughs> these were pre-recorded little commercials. That people cut into their podcasts or into their shows. I didn't realize that they have to get it right every single time. So when wow. Kevin happens to not get it right once in a while, I just start laughing. Shop, shop, shop. Anyway, it's S H O P, shoppalmettocats.com. And we have some merch over there, some real deal fishing podcast merch and Palmetto Cats merch. And you can also check up community events coming to the catfish community on YouTube. Head on over there and check it out. But tonight we have an uh, interesting opening question um, that I just sprang on Big Mike, poor guy. Uh, <laughs> but as I was making the thumbnail for the show, I happened upon a pirate ship background. And it just spawned a question in my eye that not in my eye in my mind that i just so happened to think about and that was if pirates existed today thinking about pirates from old days you know pillagers taking people's junk harassing people who would the pirates of our waters be if they existed today like they did back then mike you uh miguel you've had a longer time to think about this what do you have well, to say? In our pregame warm-up, I, I expressed how I really didn't understand the question. So thankfully, Ooh. Kevin elaborated a little bit for me. My first, my first answer was like raccoons and beavers because I'm like, yeah, man. I was like, they're tearing up the bank and they, you know, I'm not going to hang out by them. I was like, I'm going to run away. And Kevin's like, that's not what I mean. And I, so I was just kind of lost. 
And, and I have to admit that I've really been focused on this ever since he mentioned. And <laughs> I was trying to flip through my phone real quick to see what what about time, you know, he asked me that. And I was all excited because today I, I, I had my second day of hazmat training. So I had on my uh, my my shirt with the skull and the, and the cross swords. What's that called? Like a jo- jolly skull and crossbones. Yeah. Jolly Roger. Yeah, Jolly Roger shirt. And I'm just like, wait, what are you asking this question for, man? This is like perfect. And then I'm like, wait, I don't understand the question. <laughs> so I had a moment where I felt like totally awesome. And then I and then I'm well, like, and then and Kevin's he, like, what is wrong with you? He goes, he goes, you got so you got jokes. And I'm like, what? What am I joking about? And then he sends me this con a contemplative picture of himself wearing a skull and crossbones shirt. So I can imagine that he's probably like thinking does he see me right now like how, how does he know what i'm wearing so it's perfect right. for tonight so mike what do you think who's your I don't know. pirate i guess a bunch of new folks with the, dealing with the covid stuff coming out there on the bank leaving trash stuff like that you know mm. they're not normal fishermen or the local guys so they don't really care about the edges of the water uh, you also got uh you know, new people out there on the waters, like new boaters and stuff coming out there, or really Googans. now. Yeah, Googans, they go, or jet skiers. Those can be the worst, especially when you're out there trying to fish. <laughs> <laughs> and unlike being in a boat like me, you really, I mean, for you to move, it's a big process. So those of you who don't know, uh, Mike has a YouTube channel that recently hit a thousand subscribers. Congratulations again. Yeah, um, it's it. fishing with big Mike, no G fishing with big Mike on YouTube. And he fishes, uh, well, I'll tell, I'll let him tell you where he fishes, but he fishes for trophy blue cats primarily. So, uh, Mike, why don't you tell the people a little bit about where you fish and, uh, you know, what you usually pull in on, on a good night. Yeah. <clears throat> I fished the Chattanooga area of the Tennessee river. Uh, I, my average size fish is probably 20 to 40 pounds. That's usually what I try to target. Wow. I mean, if I can get bigger, definitely. But if, if it ain't at least 20 or 30 pounds, I don't want it. Mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, for me, I use real big, I use saltwater gear. I use 12 foot rods, saltwater reels. Mm-hmm. So two or three pound, fish would not be any fun i mean i i use two or three pound fish for bait so <laughs> trying to reel them in wouldn't really be any fun on that big gear and you're you're usually reeling them in against some massive current speeds right yeah. yes the, what's the yeah. average night the current, current varies the current varies here whenever it rains or time of year mm-hmm. but our average current is usually what forty-five thousand cubic feet per second but it can go lower i have fished it as low as 6,000 cubic feet per second and as high as 130,000 cubic feet per second. So give us a relative velocity uh, check. Like uh, 6,000 cubic feet per second is what relatively in miles per hour? 6,000 cubic feet per second. I don't know, maybe half a mile an hour. It'd be like, you know, like a little okay. trickling creek. Okay. But 100, so like a, all a really to 100. Drift. Yeah, yeah, a good slow drift, yeah. And then, and then on the, the 45,000, you know, the, the middle in range, that 45,000 range, it would probably be, I don't know, probably maybe a 
10 miles an hour, I guess. Because basically where I fish at, because I, I fish close to the dam. I don't know exactly how fast it would be, but it, it, it's it's pretty good current, 45,000. And you're you not jump fishing. Up into the hundred, hmm? Go ahead. Go ahead. Could you jump up into 130,000 cubic feet per second? That's when even the bank fishermen got to be careful because it gets real dangerous. Well, and can you can't can you even keep a bait down in that high of a current? You can, but you kind of got to find like your eddy currents or your you know your slacker water currents to fish 30, 40. You know, yeah, probably over 40,000. I can fish the main river. I have fished the main river itself at 90,000 right up next to the dam. So, but you have to lodge your sinkers in the bottom, like in the rocks in order to get your bait set right where you want them. Mm. And, and primarily you pull in some big fish. Is that because only those bigger fish can, can swim against those currents? Or is it like you said about fishing the eddies and finding the current seems along the bank? Yeah, it could be. I mean, <clears throat> like a lot at the dam, I've caught fish as small as 10, 15 pounds right up next to the dam in 90,000 cubic feet per second. But I have caught, you know, mid 60s. The biggest I've caught up there next to the dam was probably around mid 60s. So, mm. but yeah, if you can always tell the difference, like the, the smaller fish, when you hook them, they come straight to the top and they'll start mm. spinning, twisting and all that stuff. But the bigger fish, they pick the bait up and swim at you. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was talking about. Like, you know, most of, I'm sure those little fish can swim against the current, but they're not, mm-hmm. they don't have that power that those big fish have. No, uh-uh. no, they don't. That's why they just get up to the top of the water and just spin. That, that's what I'm assuming. Either that or they're just, they don't, they've never been hooked before and they just have no clue what to do <laughs> once they feel something <laughs> pulling back on them. I guess a lot of the bigger ones, I guess they've probably been hooked two or three times. And they just go with the flow usually. Well, I mean, I so I drag baits and the smaller ones come up to the surface too because I'm moving. So mm-hmm. whenever whenever I catch a, a decent sized fish, I'd say 25 over, they they swim to me yeah. and, or past me uh, and in the direction that I'm moving. So whenever I see one swim to the side of the boat, I'm like, okay, this is a decent fish. Uh, with those little ones, they just, you know, they come up to the water or, you know, you feel a head shake every once in a while, but it's just because they're, they're twisting in the, in the, in the water. Yeah. So you talked about two and three pound baits. What kind of bait are you using? Usually my primary bait is skipjack heron. That's what I, that's what I look for to use a skipjack heron, but sometimes during certain times of the year, they're hard to find. So you'll, you know, you have to use bluegill or shell crackers or just pretty much whatever you can get a hold of to use for bait. But skipjack heron is usually my, mm-hmm. is my primary bait that I use. And you said that it's hard to find right now, right? Yeah. I've been looking for two weeks and I haven't been able to find any, <laughs> unfortunately. Now, when you do find them, is it like really easy to catch them? Do they school up? Uh, we don't have skipjack in South Carolina, so uh, and, and our herring, a river herring, you know, every once in a while you'll you'll catch them in a big school like that. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, here just about every time I've got a hold of them, they're usually in a moving school. Mm-hmm. Like if you're if you're fishing for them at the dam, 
and they're stacked up come springtime, like they're just constantly feeding because because it's springtime, you know, just getting fed back up from the winter and all that stuff. Or, or if you move down river, they'll be in schools in packs, just like certain packs of schools, and they'll 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 swim down river and then come back around, I guess, to come back for the bait fish again, and they'll just kind of circle back around. Sometimes you can catch three or four at a time. Sometimes you can catch 15 or 20 at a time in between them coming around and circling around and stuff for the bait. Now, I know Mike's got a question, but I got one more as it concerns the bait. You also uh, net gizzard shad, right? You, mm -hmm. you cast net gizzard shad. So yeah. explain to people kind of – the tendencies or what the what's the big difference in how gizzard shad um react or or swim or or uh the different ways you you catch gizzard shad as opposed to skipjack well skipjack i target them with rod and reel anything that looks like a minnow like here we use foley spoons or crappy hair jigs or even just curly tail grubs uh, the the foley spoon you put it in a single line you know you got your sinker then a swivel then maybe a 40 pound leader line hooked mm -hmm. to a small spoon the, the foley spoon is just a small spoon they have three different sizes small medium large or you can if you if they're not getting if you're not getting bit on that usually i have two rods then i'll, I'll grab my second rod it, it has uh the, the crappy jigs on it usually i only run two i'll run a like an eighth ounce at the bottom and like a 16th or a 32nd ounce at the top like that and you just throw it out there and twitch it back real fast mm -hmm. Skipjack, like anything moving, they are they feed on fish, so they are a predatory fish, so they eat other fish. But gizzard shad, they eat moss. They school together too. You can catch them schooling, but anywhere that you have moss, something that they eat, that you can throw a net on top of them as long as you can find them. Mm -hmm. So, so that's the big difference, and that the reason I bring up gizzard shad is because those are, you know, mo most people that you ask you know that catfish anyway they mm -hmm. say skipjack or some kind of herring or gizzard shad or some kind mm -hmm. of shad so you know those are the two main you know not main favorite baits of, yeah. of a lot of catfishmen mike miguel <laughs> i was wondering when you said your fish closer to the dam mm -hmm. you you still use the same size baits and do you still use the same size rods or do you not have to cast as far? Do you have like, do you have uh, I know you say you use 12 footers. Do you yeah. have uh tens or nines or eights that you also use in different scenarios? Well, I have right now I've got three 12 footers, one 10 footer and three seven foot sixers. And usually I try to use them all at the same time, but when you're fishing at the dam, you can't use as many rods. So I usually I'll run four max at the at the dam and you're gonna have to have a big beefy rod to deal with that current so because the current is just if anybody's uh i'm sure a lot of people's watched my channel they've seen that rod just that 12 foot rod just laid over and they think a fish has grabbed it and i'm like no y'all it's just the current the current is just sweeping into that line and it's just dragging that rod down so yeah a, a good beefy rod is what you is what you'll need at the dam Yeah, and that's that's something hard to teach anybody really when they're when they're new on the boat mm -hmm. or on the bank, and uh, you have current, or if you're in my river, you have current, and then you have something grabbing the current or in the current that's grabby. 
like grass, and it'll just bow bow the rod down, and they get so jumpy. Ooh, ooh, a fish! And I'm like, no, it's not a fish. <laughs> like I'm like sitting back there, like, jeez, God, grass again, yeah. and they're jumping up like trigger happy. So. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, what, yeah, I usually just wait until the rod doubles over. Yeah, <laughs> and then you reel it up and clean it off, or. Oh, oh, I see what you mean. When the <laughs> that's what I do when the grass is on there. I wait till it bends over halfway. <laughs> but you're talking about fish. Everything okay over there? Yeah, my internet's acting up. Sorry about that. Well, you're good to us, man. Yeah. Well, we know you like those slime cat rods. Is is the was the determining factor for those rods the the sheer size of them or the strength or or what were you thinking when you decided to get those rods? When I decided to get the slime cat rods, they were basically the only 12 foot surf rods that were geared towards cat fishermen. Hmm, okay. If you didn't, if you couldn't find, you know, a rod, you either had those or you had saltwater gear and saltwater gear for me was way too stiff. So, and I, I wanted a rod that give that way, whenever the fish takes it, the rod would double over and, and the, mm-hmm. the fish would hook itself instead of the rod being, I wanted the rod to take the load of the hit from the fish right. instead of it just, just being on the line. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, um, I, we see you having internet issues, but if you can hear us, uh, you know, it's a, it's a podcast, so we don't really need the video as much. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm just breaking. I'm breaking up real bad on y'all's end. Oh, I got you. But you can hear us pretty good. There you go. Yep. <laughs> well, that's that's live podcasting for you guys. Big Mike should be back in in just a minute. Um, I thought it was interesting um, how he talked about the current speeds, Mike, and how I, I instantly grabbed for my phone and I was trying to convert it. Because usually when people talk about current, they say mile per hour. Right. But his is so intense that they talk about, what what did he say? Cubic feet per second. second. So I was trying to see if I could convert that. But then honestly, you start getting into calculations and this and that. And it wasn't on the list of the first Mm -hmm. site that I clicked on. And, you know, it it would like convert it into into meters or something Mm -hmm. else. Well heck feet i understand so to well, me it just sounds like that is hustling it's popular for for people from that area to talk about you know we hear some of our favorites you know uh talk about cubic feet per second like chat cats and kayak catfish and and pontoon jody and all those people that fish up there in tennessee on the tennessee river um they talk about cubic feet per second so i guess to them you know, just like thinking in a different language, it's not foreign to them. It's like, you know, cubic feet per second. I know it's this fast. I know how that looks. So that is an interesting concept. And uh, so Mike fishes from a dock, mostly y'all, and he catches some huge fish from the dock. And, And it actually baffles people sometimes because most time, Mike, and you correct me if I'm wrong, you know, for a long time, people fishing from the bank were seen as like, uh, not lesser, but like handicapped. 
right? Because they couldn't move around as much. Um, and here he comes. He's coming back. But when Big Mike fishes, it's like, you know, you want to be on the bank with Big Mike. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. Uh, I talk about myself and and after having gone on some, some boat adventures last year, uh, the first thing that Lauren says is, Dad, we need a boat. And, and I'm not totally against it. I'm just not for it yet. Mm-hmm. But when you're bank fishing and then you, you start thinking to yourself, well, we're here. That's the way it is. This is where we're going to try to get things going, you know. So you do kind of feel like you're, you're handcuffed maybe a little bit. Mm-hmm. But whenever you watch Fishing with Big Mike on a live stream, to me, it's all the anticipation of could this be the moment and mm-hmm. and you you know we all want to see big fish everybody wants to see big fish but uh coming from me i'm a guy who will catch anything just because i, I i'm now fishing with my young daughters they do not want to be bored it's got to happen quickly you got to do something or you're going to have a bad experience all around you know, for everybody. Mm-hmm. And, and I would actually rather, I, I would prefer to, to throw bigger baits out there and, and try to target the bigger fish in the areas that I think that they would be in. So to me, when I watch big Mike, I could, I could watch, you know, from the beginning to the end. Mm-hmm. And if there's no fish, there's no fish. But when there's big fish, when that rod goes down, you know it. You see that big, huge, you know, extra, extra heavy rod, you know, just get toppled over. And, you know, wait, did you find the nut? No, I broke my jig. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we're, we're looking for a loose nut. We got a loose nut around here somewhere, y'all. So, uh, <laughs> but. Yeah, I mean, and and just to just to to tie that off, if you haven't watched this channel, you need to watch this channel, mm-hmm. and and just enjoy fishing for for what it is. And, and this is the search for the big one. A lot of times, the what's it called? The what's term. it called, Mike? Oh, the hundo hunt for the hundo. Yeah. We're always on a hundo hunt. We're looking for a hundred pounder. That's what we're looking for. A hundred pounder. Yeah, I can't even imagine a hundred pound fish. But this guy right here is fishing for him all the time. So I know matter time for it happens. I know the answer to the question, Mike, but I just want to ask you, do you ever, since we brought it up, do you ever feel handicapped from the bank? No, I don't. I mean, I I grew up bank fishing. I love bank fishing. So So I do want to get a boat eventually. You don't feel like fishing from the bank keeps you from enjoying or or targeting the biggest fish in the river no uh-uh. i mean that's why i use the 12 foot rods because i mean i can make 100 120 130 140 yard cast if i need to, to pinpoint wow. right where i want it so but yeah. i don't always have to catch fish to enjoy i just love to go fishing right. i love to right. take people fishing with me that's why i do the lives i just i thoroughly enjoy people going just just being there with me while I'm sitting out there. Cause like I, it's the Tennessee river. You never know what's going to bite and just being out in nature and enjoying the weather or just that. That's why I do it. Fishing is my Zen. It's my solace. We talked about that a little bit last week, you know, t- 
taken for granted um, what fishing really means, and uh, so it's appropriate that you that you said that. Yeah, yeah, I love to fish. I just I love to get out outside. I love to be outside. That's what I use to relax. Because usually when I'm working 50, 60 hours a week, I mean, I work 10 hours a day and go sit out there on the river for six hours after I work 10 hours because mm-hmm. I, I try to fish as much as I can. As, as much as my wife will let me, I get out there on the water. Mm-hmm. So. So hear that, gentlemen. Make sure you get the wife's approval before <laughs> yeah. you go out. I mean, there has been several times where I fish seven days a week, and she's like, I think you need to slow, you know, just cut it back to four days a week as everything's okay. So I'll do four or five days a week, you know, for two, three weeks, and it's it's back seven days a week. If she'll make sure, <laughs> fellas, make sure you take care of that lady. She needs attention That's just right. like the river. <laughs> but hey, I, I I've noticed sometimes on your on your live streams, and I know this isn't the part you like to talk about because it always hurts. But because of the current and the state of the the area you're fishing in, sometimes you pull hooks. Pull you want to talk yeah. about that a little bit? Yeah, sometimes the fish will just short strike, and you'll skin hook them. So. A lot of times, like, like, that, explain to people that are listening, like, you know, maybe they don't know what skin hook means. Okay, a skin funny. hook, the fish have pads. Like, the, the fish that I target, usually they're pads. Instead of having teeth, they have pads. It goes from one side of the jaw all the way to the other on top and bottom. It's just like sandpaper. So they can grip, grab their bait and hold on to it, and, and they just swallow it whole for the most part. Mm-hmm. And uh, what it is, is, that circle hook, they'll grab that bait, if, if you're running a real big bait, you know, and you've only got one hook in it, sometimes they'll they'll either just grab it just below the hook mm-hmm. or they'll grab it just enough right over the edge of the hook. And then when they take off, that hook won't go into the skin. It'll just go right into the, maybe right at the end of that pad or maybe it'll go into the skin, but right at the corner of the mouth. And it's just like mm-hmm. a very small amount. And when they take off running and stuff like that, it'll... What the, that's fine, right? You're good. <laughs> uh, what, so, what size yeah, do you like to use, Mike? If you can still hear us, his phone turned sideways on him, y'all. <laughs> well, we'll take this opportunity to welcome Mr. LG Bass and Phil T, two of our Boom Squad members, into the chat. Welcome in, guys. So, yeah, that's that's heartbreaking and. Uh, if you might watch Mike's channel enough, he'll hook one and uh, combine with what he just said and then the current pulling on that fish while he's trying to pull it in just rips that hook right out of that thin layer of skin. Usually if you get on the other side of that pad and that, that circle hook grips him, he ain't going nowhere. And you can, I mean, he'll, he'll bust a, a line before you uh, pull that hook. Yep. It's a little easier for for those of us who don't work with current uh, mm. or current anywhere near that nature. We get lucky mm. and and you're like, "Ooh, like I just got him in by the just by the skin right there by Hair the whistle, skin, you know? skin. <laughs> chin, no, chin chin chin. You know something I just in, can't I it. just uh, I just realized the other day that because and it's weird to me because I fish lakes and river all the time I go back and forth that most most people that fish for catfish are either river people or they're lake people. Did you know that? Yeah. 
And I think that's, I just think that's interesting. Um, and anybody in chat or anybody on the podcast, you know, chime in, you know, emails, tell us if you're one of these people. But I grew up on a river and fished a lake. You know, one weekend I'd be on the river, one weekend I'd be on the lake. There's even a couple times I remember going from the lake to the river <laughs> in one day. So, you know, why is that? Why is that odd to some people? Do you think, Mike? Uh, I, I really wouldn't know uh, what other people. Uh, not, not, it's not usually a topic that other people really talk to me about. Mm-hmm. What I'll say for myself is that uh, I can't swim. So I would rather be by water that doesn't, um, (laughs) I would rather be by water that isn't moving so much. Mm -hmm. And that way I can just, you know, every time I fall into the lake, I just, you know, get only wet up to my knees or, or whatever, you know, but I don't want to fall down the bank, you know, at the river and end up going in and taking a swim when I can't swim. Mm So I think so, I think very well. So Big Mike, we just, I just posed a question. As somebody who I, I just I grew up fishing a lake and a river, so I fished both. And I just realized the other day, hearing some people talk, and based on a couple of questions I got, most people are either lake people or river people. And are you just a river person, or do you do lakes as well? Well, I fished the Tennessee River, so I mean it. The Tennessee River is a river with a whole bunch of dams on it, but dams are always flowing water through it. So technically, the lakes are the river. All right. it is, all, basically, all it is is you know it where the dam dumps out. It's just a narrower section. It goes down river, and then you've got your dam on the other end. And it just gets wider, probably about halfway down. Basically, all it is is just your river widens up it's it's technically a lake's what they call it but the current the same current that's flowing through the dams is flowing through the river here Mm. so so you have they call them pools right no they call them lakes here that they call them is chickamauga lake and and nickajack lake is is the two primary lakes that i fish lakes that i fish here so but the, the lakes flow the same current through though. I mean, like if there's 50,000 flowing through at the dam, then there's 50,000 flowing through the, through the lake. All it is is just the, the river gets wider because it's dammed. It disperses. It. Yeah. It's not, it, it's not channeled in a, in a, a narrower. I got yeah. you. And so without, yards wide, it's three quarters of a mile wide or a mile. Right. Wide. So that whole system is the Tennessee river though, or used to be the Tennessee river. Is that correct? <laughs> Yeah, it, it's all part of the Tennessee River. It all starts around Knoxville and goes all the way to, I think, the Ohio River. I think where the Tennessee River dumps in. Now, why do you think, and I've heard a famous or infamous, however you want to look at it, person in your area call the area you fish the Magic Kingdom because of the size of fish that are caught in the Tennessee River Lake System. Why do you think that the Tennessee River Lake System is packed with so many big fish? Yes, because they uh, the Tennessee River has a lot of fish. Fish size vary, but their average size is 20 to 40 pounds because of the conservation that they do here. You're only allowed to keep one fish over 34 inches 
And a lot of people don't eat the fish out of here. So there's a lot of catch and release. As far as I, I can tell from the three years that I've been here, there's a lot of catch and release. So it just, it, it gives the opportunity for those smaller fish to grow bigger or those bigger fish to grow even bigger. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And why conservation here is that they don't eat them because there's so much pollution? Is that that's what, what they say at, at every single public boat ramp or public fishing area? It says do not eat the catfish because of the mercury and stuff like that that's in the water. Oh, so it just says don't eat them at all. Yeah, it says don't eat the catfish, period. It don't oh, say, wow. is it, that's all it says, though, is just catfish. It don't say anything else about any other fish, just the catfish. Now, that brings me to a, an interesting point. Now, I know catfish are viewed by the general public as a bottom feeder. Mm-hmm. But that couldn't be, that couldn't be farther from the truth. No, and I not. wonder, I wonder that. I wonder if the reason they put those signs up there is because people think, or the old way of thinking is that they eat off the bottom. And and I guess they do scavenge sometimes, mm-hmm. but your blue cat, you know, they eat those big skipjack or the gizzard chat or brim or some kind of other fish. Do you, I mean, do you see that the same way? Or, you know, could, could yeah. the catfish be fine to eat in your river? I would say yes and no. I mean, the smaller they are, then yeah, I would say I wouldn't eat any. If I, I do eat the catfish out of there, but if it's eight pounds or less, that's all I'll eat. I won't eat anything bigger than eight pounds, period. Just because I'm a conservation, I am mostly just a CPR fisherman. I only eat fish four times a year. So, but yeah. Yeah, I guess. So that's not why your hair is growing all along is because you're eating the catfish? No, uh, no, I grew up my hair. <laughs> I get, I get one haircut a year. That's it. <laughs> For those of you listen, Big Mike has a sexy, uh, uh, long mane of hair that's uh, graying in all the right spots. Yeah, I'm jealous. <laughs> I'm jealous. My my hair just does this. My brother says that my hair just always looks like it gave up. <laughs> Your hair does not have the same impression. No, no. I've always liked having long hair, but once it gets to a certain length, you know, because I'm a heavy equipment operator by trade. So beating around in, in the equipment, your hair falls in your eyes. And because I, I don't wear ball caps because I'm always I've, I always got scared to wear, wear ball caps because I was always scared my hair would fall out. So because yeah. <laughs> I, I scared my hair would fall out. That's so, genetics, man. That's a myth because I wore ball caps all my life. I mean, I have ball caps. I just don't wear them very often. Now, if my hair gets real long and it gets annoying, yes, you'll see me with a ball cap on. But usually I, come spring, I'll cut it off, and then it won't start getting like this probably until November. I was about to say that in the summertime, being that you work construction, I bet you cut that thing short when it gets Oh, long. yeah, I do. Yeah, because of the heat. Yeah, definitely. Now, what are, now I know we know where you fish now. What are some other interesting places that you've had a chance? So I've uh, to the to the listeners, I've had a chance to meet Big Mike, and uh, he's a great dude in person and on YouTube. And we actually fished Patriot James Veterans Tournament down on Lake Wiley in uh, North Carolina South Carolina border last April. We actually shared a house. Uh, your brother and your dad came with you, and we, we you know we didn't get much time to spend with each other, but. Yeah. Um, 
What what are some other places that you've had a chance to fish that were memorable? I fished the Altamaha River down there in South Georgia. That's where I'm originally from. I'm originally from Middle Georgia, so we would travel, you know, to different places. Well, actually, we had to travel. It's either that or fish those like real small rivers, like the Flint River or the Altamaha. So if you wanted to fish a big lake or a big river, you had to travel. the The Altamaha River was three and a half, four hours southeast of us down there near savannah we fished that we fished uh lake sinclair lake oconee i have fished uh what is it uh that lake the real beast fish it's uh of course i'm drawing a blank now chattahoochee that's a river chattahoochee river is the lake uh, i can't remember i'm drawing a blank but i have fished santee cooper once back when i was a teenager stuff like that i haven't fished any major bodies of water but you know the James River is on my bucket list. I'd love to fish the James River. I'd love to fish Mississippi River, definitely. Mm. Um, and I, my, my, the biggest the biggest river on my bucket list is the, the El Ebro in Spain for the Wells Cat. That mm. Wells Cat bucket list, big time. Yep, Ebro. Yep, oh, I would love James, to long catfish. <laughs> the James is definitely your winter destination for catfish, man. I've seen post after post after post of 90 to 100 plus pound fish coming out of the James here lately. Yeah, that 112 pounder was just caught during that last tournament. It was a During beast. the ice bowl. But then there was another one that was just caught. I just saw another picture come up. Uh, one of the rod companies had put it up like, congratulations, somebody on the James River. I'm like, cheese and rice. So definitely, <laughs> definitely the 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 uh, James River should be yeah. a, anybody who's listening, should be a winter destination. Get you a guide. Go out on the James River. James, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you you find that the uh, the catfishing slows down in your area during the wintertime? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, as a lot of people could tell, it took me a while. I competed in that tournament. It took me almost a month. But on the very last day, I caught the winning fish. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, probably starting around November when everything starts cooling down, the fish just kind of slow down. But that's pretty much anywhere you go. I mean, it did it down there in middle Georgia. It did it on Potomac. It's done it on the James. E even the James does slow down. Yes, they do catch big mammoth fish there. But it just seems like they're – their metabolism slows down, so they don't they don't feed as often. They still feed, but they just don't feed as often. Well, I, I tell you, I I fished the James in April, and I we caught one fish, so one little baby five pounder. So every every waterway has their time off. Go ahead, oh yeah, I, I know you don't <laughs> like to talk too much, uh, especially about yourself, but. Mm -hmm. You kind of smiled a little bit there when you mentioned that you pulled out that winning fish in the in the <laughs> last handful of hours. Yeah, last so, five hours. Uh, uh, from a from a fan perspective, because I'm still a viewer. You know, I'm a viewer of your channel. I'm a fan of you. That was uh, somebody told me about it because it it was was it during it was during the evening, wasn't it? Yeah, it was during. I was gonna go live. I, 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 I had a decision to make before I went fishing. I was either gonna go live at the beginning of my fishing trip or at the end. And I was like, you know what? I want to bring in the new year, so I'll just wait until the end. But while I was sitting there, like I had the first rod went off, and that twelve. It. 
I had to have been hooked into the biggest fish of my life because I, mm. I happened to turn around. I was sitting there turning around, looking upriver, thinking about moving. I turned back around, and that 12-foot rod is just laid over, mm. just screaming drag. And I, but I forgot to turn my clicker on. Everybody knows I, I run my rods locked down at about 30% drag with, with my clickers on in case I'm not paying attention. Mm-hmm. But this time I forgot to turn my clicker on and, and I, I, it was the pink, you, you, you know, like the, the sound of the line coming out of the reel is what got my attention. I turned off. So I ran over there and grabbed it and I jumped down on that last ledge and I laid down flat. And that 12 foot rod was just laid over with me on the ground, just like this. But I reeled, made two reels on it. The fish started to turn and then the hook pulled. Mm. Pulled the I guess it was a short bite on a big bait. I was throwing real big baits because I was I was just wanting a monster. And then, let's see, uh, 10 or 15 minutes after that, I had another bite, another short bite on another big bait. And then finally, 30 minutes after that, I hooked in the, uh, another nice cat. And I knew it was a big catfish. I didn't, well, actually, I didn't think it was a big catfish because it came straight up to the top of the water. You know, everybody says, well, it came to the top of the water. It's going to be a small fish. Well, it went back down, and right as I got it to the edge of the bank, it came up, and I was like, oh, this is the winner right here. I needed <laughs> needed, 40, I needed bigger than 44 inches. If I would have had 44 inches, I would have tied for first place. So when I measured it, and it came out to 45 inches, oh, I was screaming, hooping, and hollering, and I went nuts. I said, I did it, I did it, I did it, I did it. <laughs> so I got it, and I waited a little while. I bashed the glory, and I sent it through. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah it was fun so I awesome look yeah, at it was it well i got I, I say that all the time Kev, see look i got kevin's attention when i say look at that he's like dude it's audio well it's not audio for our boom squad members or kevin but, members, yeah. but look at oh, that for i was up for 38 hours straight oh two days before fish oh. grunting tournament grinding and i couldn't catch nothing couldn't catch anything and then you know i wasn't gonna go and then i was like you know what i'm not giving up i'm just i'm not gonna give up on this tournament i can't do it. it's just quit is not in me i cannot quit mm-hmm. wife's like just go she's like i know it's new year's eve just go i said okay fine and i was like well and i asked her i said well where do you want me to go well i left it up to my wife believe it or not and she goes go downtown so i went downtown and that's we got in, in a nice hot spot and the fish were biting that night. So it was, it was so awesome. How, how many, how many bank spots do you have to choose from that? You uh, know, you could possibly catch quality fish. Let's see. Now everybody knows the dam. Everybody knows I fish downtown. Blinky, blinky. Where's blinky. Blinky is just down river from the dam. Probably about two miles. It's, so it's those of you listening that's never watched Mike's show. He fishes off a dock or a pier or something, and it's got a blinking uh, marker light on it. <laughs> so everybody in chat has dubbed it Blinky. Yeah. There was some people. <laughs> yeah, we can get on Blinky for a minute. There, there was some folks that are like, that blinking light's getting on my nerves. It's getting on my nerves. It's just, it won't stop blinking, blinking, blinking. So I went and covered it up. And then about 10 minutes after that, people was like, well, you need to take Blinky out of jail. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's just where Blinky started. I, I, I love going to fish and blinky at night because it's just super fun to fish with. I mean, you have sixty to hundred people in there just just so worried about blinky being in jail, and we'll do we'll play. <laughs> Y'all get me to this many likes, I'll take them out of jail, and you know stuff like that. It's it, it's what it's all about, man. That audience interaction, mm-hmm. they love it. It's great, yeah. 
but yeah, I've got I've got a lot of places to bank fish here. Just let's see. I mean, Chickamauga Dam's only ten minutes from my house, so there's at least eight spots that I know of within twenty minutes of my house. But if I want to travel where you know catfish day fishes or where kayak catfish fishes, they just fish up in Knoxville. That's only an hour and a half. Or I go to Gunnersville, fish Gunnersville. Uh, river. I can't fish their lakes. I don't have an Alabama fishing license, but I can fish a short section of the Gunnersville River. So all, just about all my spots are all within 40 minutes of here. Probably 20, probably 20 good spots. But usually, primarily, I fish six, six spots, just because it's just real close to the house. Now, what, what, and I have, I have struggled with anxiety, so I think about this a lot. What determines which spot you choose. <laughs> That's my problem. I can't never figure out. <laughs> it's like, I mean, I fished the mountain for what, five or six trips, didn't catch anything. So I give up on the mountain for a while. Then I hear the bites picking back up while I'm struggling up on this end of the river. And yep. it's, just, it's really hard to figure out where you want to go. That's, that's just the mind of any fisherman, just because you want to, you want to catch fish for your audience, but you're also just going fishing. A lot of people understand it's fishing. You know, all your story. I'm gonna tell you a quick story. It's really quick. So I just made a camping video uh, where I camped out on a pontoon boat in our river, and as I was doing that video, uh, the morning of, uh, a 106 pounder was caught up on Lake Moultrie. Wow! And I had played around with myself, like, oh, should I camp on Moultrie? Should I? Go? Not that I would have caught that 106 pounder, mind you. But I would have at least had a shot at it. That's right. So I, I get that. Like you, you always second guess yourself. And I was wondering if it was any different for you. I, I feel better I'm now. That it's the same my, like I'll call friends and I'm like, where are y'all catching fish? Where do you think I need to go? And it's like, you just, you just never know. I mean, cause they might be biting on this section of the river and move up 10 miles and they're, you know, they're not biting or they're biting here. They're not biting there. So it's just, it is what it is. You know, just go fishing and have fun really. I mean, whether you catch or not, that's, that's what I do. I think the thing that stresses people like you, me and Mike out is that when we do live streams, we're trying to, you know, show people the fish and for, for our current subscribers that watch for us, that's Mm -hmm. not, I mean, they love to see fish, but they want to see us. That's right. For new, I'm always thinking, I think about, you know, current subscribers, but also think about new people too. And I wonder sometimes when you're on a slow bite, how many new people you miss. Yeah, you probably miss quite a few, but I mean, that's why I try to explain to y'all, it's it's fishing. We're not always going to catch fish, but I always get into that other spiel. There's always that, but you never know when that hundred pounder is going to bite. You just never know. It's happened. The only danger of live streams. It's it's happened countless times with me. Like I'll sit there for three and a half hours, and then all of a sudden, here comes that fifty-five pounder, just slam the rod, or here comes that sixty pounder, it'll just slam the rod. I mean, after an hour or two, I mean, Tennessee River is not known for numbers; it's known for the size of fish. Do you really feel that pressure? Because when I watch you, uh, as opposed to others, I'm gonna throw some names out there. Uh, like when I when I watch our buddy Chunky fish, mm-hmm. if he doesn't catch a fish inside of like the first five or ten minutes, you can just tell he starts sweating bullets, mm-hmm. and he starts thinking, "Oh, you know, this isn't right. I shouldn't have gone live so soon. I should have waited. I should have." 
this or that or whatever. I don't see that same pressure in you when you speak uh, on the screen, when you're talking, you know, and, and engaging with the chat. Are you really that calm or, or do you calm yourself extra for, you know, when when the camera's on? How do you feel about that? Because like when I, I, I still haven't caught a fish live on a, on a stream. I, I'm still my skunk streak will go through to this year. But I don't I don't see that in you. No, I just I just go to have fun with, you know, the, the people that subscribe to me, they're diehard fishermen. I mean, I fish like I fish four, five, six, seven days a week. It's not just a one day a week thing. I mean, I go fishing all the time. And yes, I do get skunked a lot, but I also fish a lot. So, I mean, I might go two, three, four days where I don't catch a fish, but I can make that up on that fifth trip where I catch a 50 pounder and two forties and a 30 or an 80 pounder and a 40 pounder or just one 55 pounder. Like I said, I don't go out there to catch fish. I go out there to have fun. I go out there to relax and I just take everybody on that journey with me. I mean, it's just, it don't bother me as much because I'm, I'm so used to it. It don't, it don't bother me. I mean, if I don't catch a fish, that's fine. I got to sit and, inter and, and interact with my fans that just, they just wanted to sit and talk and we'll just sit and talk and have fun. And if a fit, if, if a big fish bites, it just makes it even more better. More better. More better. Love it. Lots, lots Probably. of people change their tactics when that pressure starts to get to them. You know, they'll, they'll change the size of the baits. They'll change the bait that they're throwing. They'll do this. They'll do that. And I think as a viewer, that they let that pressure of being live get to them more and, and it influences their decisions. Do you feel that your decisions are influenced in that same nature or? Well, I did kind of get talked into using bluegill more. Oh. I, I've never had any confidence in bluegill, but I've got, you know, it, a lot of people know chat cats fishing. He's been on YouTube for years. He's got over a hundred thousand subs. Well, he uses bluegill and trophy seekers. He uses bluegill. And real beast, he uses bluegill. And they're like, bluegill, bluegill, bluegill. But every time I use bluegill, I've caught one fish. Oh, wait, no, I've caught two fish on bluegill. I've caught one 35-pounder, and then that 155-pounder uh, came on a live bluegill. Other than that, most of the time, all my fish are caught on skipjack. I would say 90% of my fish are caught <laughs> on skipjack. The bait that I'm, I've been most fond of lately, and the bait that I'm most fond of watching our buddy Epic use, is sucker. But I haven't heard you mention that. Do you have suckers in your area that you, you use? I've caught one sucker since, since I started fishing here three years ago. I was oh, fishing wow. with Skip Jack, and that the crappy jig got down there on the bottom, and he grabbed it. So mm -hmm. I put him in the cooler, and I used him, and I didn't catch anything off of it. So I don't really target them here. So, I mean, like I said, it's, it's Skip. I have just as much fun catching Skip Jack herring as I do going out catching catfish. I bet. I bet the the size of those jokers y'all catch, man. I can I can I can see how somebody would just be a skipjack fisherman. That's right. Oh yeah, you could, it, it's really addicting. Like a two pound skipjack, the biggest bass I've ever caught was eight and a half pounds, and that was years and years and years ago back when I lived on Robbins Air Force Base. So, but when I came up here and I hooked my first skipjack, and it was two pounds, it almost snatched a rod out of my hand. I mean, it's a two pound fish. And it, 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 it hits harder than a 15-pound bass. I mean, how can you not enjoy that adrenaline? It happened to me earlier today. I was down there at the dam trying to catch bait, and I was just reeling and talking to somebody, and all of a sudden the rod went, Ugh! 
just like that. <laughs> he let go. So he just ran up, grabbed it, and, and he was like, oh, crap, this is metal. And he let go. <laughs> so and I missed one skipjack from the bo- uh, for bait. So Y'all use but, some, like, uh, bigger rods for skipjack. Like, it, this is an ultralight tackle you're using. Well, no, I use the – for my skipjack rig, I use the, the large – gx2 you know the bigger gx2 mm-hmm. for my for my spoon rig with 30 pound braid <laughs> and a 40 pound mono leader that's how i used to catfish i had gx2s to start off with the bigger one mm-hmm. and i had spinning reel gx2 and i used it i used bigger braid but i had braid and a 50 pound leader so you're using the same thing to catch your skipjack as I was using to catch catfish. Because well, you never know. Like I said, it's the Tennessee River. You never know. What, I mean, you can hook into a 40-pound striper on that same rig. I mean, I've caught a 40. I caught a 42-pound drum on that same rig, on that same. Good God. I was fishing for skipjack, and a 40-pound drum grabbed it. And, wow. But it wasn't on that rig. This was before I went to that. That this is why I went to that bigger rig, because I ended up having to fight it fifty yards down the bank, up and down the rocks, and it. And by the time I got it in, it had broke the rod in half. The rod snapped in half by the time I got it. So that's what when I. Are you in, Big Mike? <laughs> so yeah, what, I mean, what uh, state are you in? <laughs> I, I I live in Georgia, but I fish Tennessee. Okay. I live in far north Georgia. Like, I can walk out my front door, turn right, and 200 yards, I'm in Tennessee. Miguel is putting in his notebook places to visit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm telling you, yeah. I mean, April. I told you, I, I'm coming up, man. I'm coming late up. April. I mean, I'll let y'all know. I mean, I'll message y'all because I've got y'all on Facebook. So when, when the skipjack run comes in, come on, because it'll last about three weeks. The most I've ever caught in one day at the dam was 300. Now, you don't have a creel limit like Alabama, right? We have 100. Uh, skipjack, you're allowed to keep 100 skipjack per day per person. But I usually, I don't keep that many because I don't really freeze them, which I might start doing because so I can have bait in the wintertime. But uh, that might yeah. actually, so we have a herring run it's supposed to be at the end of this month. And of course, I'm at CatCon. But into March, we also have something called American Shad, which looks a lot like your skipjack. Yeah. But they're three times the size. Um, and, yeah, those are fun. <laughs> you, you hook into one of those, it's like a 10-pound bass. Wow. Um, but uh, they're called – we call them Roshad because mm-hmm. a lot of people get them and then take the eggs out of them and then to grow, you know, more shad with them. But uh, they look like – they look like big skipjacks. So they actually hit on jigs. Mm-hmm. So you, you take a curly tail grub and you throw it in there and you catch them. We catch our herring on sabiki rigs. So mm-hmm. that's definitely something that I might come up and do and just bring bring my big cooler and just pack it full of ice. and Or shoot, I might just bring my vacuum sealer up there with me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Come spring, that it's always hard to find a spot on the bank because there's people that travel from Kentucky and Ohio. And there's there, I know there's, there's two guys that comes down from Ohio and they bring what 450 quart coolers with them and they'll catch their limit and they'll stay down here for a week. They sleep in the truck right there at the dam. So you've got to, you've got to get down here before the, the, how do they convince the game warden that they didn't catch all those in one day? 
I don't know, because you're only supposed to possess 100 per person per day. So if they get caught with five or 600, I'd hate to see how they try to talk to TWR. Because they, they can legally have 500 if they've been there for five days. Yeah, but you can't prove to them that you caught them. Now, in Alabama, it's different because you can only uh, possess mm-hmm. 100, like total. Yeah, like you, can't have, you can't have 50. No, it's it's 100, period, isn't it, in Alabama? Well, I don't know about Alabama. Yeah, I, just I know. think you – like if you got 50 at home, you could only catch 50 until you get rid of the other 50. No, no. Tennessee, you can have – you can have uh Tennessee, you can have as many as you want in your cooler. You're just allowed to keep a hundred per person per day. So I mean you could put ten thousand of them in your cooler and they, they ain't nothing they could do about it. But Georgia, I think their limit you mean, you mean your freezer in Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. So so I guess the, the thing to do would be to bring a couple buddies mm-hmm. with you and just let them go to the bar and and yep. uh and then just or, or grab grab them a couple twelve packs, let them sit back, and you just catch all the skipjack you want. Yep, you sit in those chair and you catch all the fish. As long as they got a fishing license, right? That's right. <laughs> so, Big yep. Mike, I looked it up real quickly, and the state record for freshwater drum is fifty four and a half pounds. Mm-hmm. I caught a forty two. Yeah, you're pretty close to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you catch some big, huge freshwater drum right there below the dam. They're massive. They get they get beastly there. It's, it gets crazy. What what kind of fight did that forty two give you? Was it a good one? It's like a dead bite. It, it's kind of like a dead fight. Like I mean, they'll fight hard for about ten or fifteen minutes, and then they just use the current. They just use the current to their advantage. I mean, if you're not geared out for it, like I wasn't then. I was using like a. I think I was using like. It wasn't quite like the medium size GX2. It was in between an ultralight and the medium size GX2. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 20 pound braid. So yeah, I was not geared for that big fish. <laughs> more like more like the bass version of the GX2. Yeah. Right, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Hey, so we always talk about food on the show and we're almost done. We talked about eating catfish earlier. Mm-hmm. Are you comfortable releasing your favorite recipe for catfish? I'm just old school. I go to Walmart and buy the fish mix and put it in the fryer and cut it in about one by one or two by two inch cubes. And that's how I eat it. I just fry mine up. It's that now, easy. Do you cut the fat off of it, the red meat? Or do you fry it up with that, that fatty meat on there? No, I fry it all up. I fry so it all That's a difference that I've noticed. So I, I work with people and I know people that won't eat catfish. Because it has that gamey, uh, gray meat, you know, when you fry it up. And it now, if you're only keeping little tiny ones, you know, under five, you know, five, ten pounds, then they don't have too much of that fat on them. But yeah. you know, you get up 15 pounds, it will even the 10 pounders, they'll have that fatty meat and mm-hmm. they won't eat it. But yeah. I cut all, of, I cut all of that fat and and red meat out of it, so it fries up nice, white and flaky. But you say you eat it all. Yeah, we eat it all. Yeah, I mean, back when we used to eat the bigger fish, you know, a long time ago and stuff. Before I got into you know the trophy cat and all that stuff, mm-hmm. we would soak our big cats in Coca Cola to to what? sweeten them. Okay, sweet, continue. Them. I've never heard this before. Yeah, it sweetens the meat up. 
it sweetens it up and softens it too, believe it or not. It will soften it too a little bit, so it's not quite as tough. Some people do that for their competition brisket. Mm. Oh, so the acids break down the fibrous materials. In the... hmm. That's interesting. Have you ever tried adobo seasoning on catfish before you fry it? No. Here's I just use the Walmart fish fry. That's what I I'm use. I'm telling you, take some adobo and dump it in that fish fry mix. And if you really want to get spicy, put some Old Bay in there too. No, we can't have spicy. Not spicy. Not not. I'm talking about like if you want to be, you know, fancy with it. Is what oh, I mean spicy, flavorful. Put in some Old Bay and some adobo. Whoo! I I we camped in October, and Richard Montano's girlfriend uh, Fatima. She, uh, she said that she would, uh, you know, marinate the fish for us, and she'd batter and cook it. And I was like, heck yeah, go, go for it, you know. <laughs> and see, she did all of it. She marinated it in adobo and some other seasonings, and then put it in the batter and fried it up. Oh man, make your tongue slap your brain out. It was so good. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> I'm not much well, to try different i just like like what we like so with that being said we're we're at the uh hour mark mike it's been a pleasure um but uh before we go i'm gonna see if miguel over here has any wrap-up questions for you no actually i i uh i i only wrote three things down and we talked a little bit in the pregame warm-up uh about me trying to reorganize some of my mess. And Mike said he's got a loose nut running around somewhere. So we <laughs> talked about that too. And uh, I gave him a little hints on how to try to find it. We got to get this reel back in action. And you, you know me, I'm a gear junkie. And uh, we already started talking about foods and I'm hungry again. So mm -hmm. <laughs> I think that's a well-rounded show. No pun intended. Maybe. <laughs> Big Mike, oh, I'm, I'm last, just thankful that you came up, man. Yeah, I, I last words. Anything else you want to plug? I just appreciate y'all coming out, and or I appreciate y'all having me on. And if y'all like to watch a lot of live fishing, y'all come join the channel. We fish yeah. a lot, and that's fishing with Big Mike. No G on fishing uh, on YouTube. Go check him out. Hit that subscribe button. You'll love Mike. If you've liked the, you know, hearing him talk, he's just as fun in person and on the live streams, you won't be disappointed. Go on over and check him out. That being said, we thank all of you for listening. Um, we hope that you've enjoyed uh, the podcast so far. If you have, uh, give us a rating. Give us a rating on your podcast. Give us a good rating on your podcast streaming platform. Check us out on YouTube at The Real Deal Fishing Podcast youtube channel and you can actually see the recording live uh well that was live and if you want to chat live come on over to palmetto cats youtube channel join the boom squad that being said i'm gonna pray us out and we'll get out of here emily father i thank you for another awesome episode i thank you for uh big mike and sharing him with us and allowing him to come share his love for fishing and all of his knowledge lord uh, we just pray that you would keep him safe, and we pray for his wife, Lord, and and his family that they would uh, heal up, and and uh, everything with work would would get back to normal, and 
We just thank you and know that you're going to bless them. We thank you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, everybody. Well, we've enjoyed it. And uh, we're going to get out of here for tonight. Until next time, everybody. Happy fishing. Happy fishing.